Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr and I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Hi friends and welcome to another episode of the Dance Principles United podcast. I am joined by my lovely husband, Nathan. Welcome to the podcast and to my living room, Nathan. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> it's it's look, a bit weird to be here, sitting across from each other on the couch, feeling a little bit silly, just talking like we normally do, but recording it for everybody else. But we will see how we go, right? <laughs> I love that I call it my living room, not our living room as well. I know, but you get used to it after a while. <laughs> Anyways, besides our awkward intro, we are here to talk about timetabling for 2024. As studio owners, it's that time of the year where it's concert madness, but we're also trying to lock in our timetables for 2024. It's crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And as um, I've brought it up a couple of times, I think already, but you know, Beck brought up the point the other day that yes, of course, concert's important. It's the, the highlight of our year mm. on so many levels, but Having a great concert um, doesn't really mean much if we've got no kids coming back for next year. So our focus does need to also be like we need to have one eye at least a little bit on next year as well. Absolutely. I think that's so important. Um, and we're seeing a big shift from studio owners. Uh, you know, I think... Um, probably the norm before was let's not worry about it till after concert that seems to be changing now which is so so good to see uh, because we really need to be focusing on it and parents want to be organized right they want to see the timetable as soon as possible so they can plan it because you want dance to be the first activity they plan because you know like daycares are putting out there are preference days so, so early. So are all the other sports. So we've got to get in and amongst the mix, right? Exactly. And don't even start us on swimming lessons, right? <laughs> because we know that every parent basically um, organizes every single other activity around swimming lessons. Because if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not a parent, swimming lessons are like gold. They are so hard to get into. And especially our preschoolers, we know um, it's such a big thing, right? Figuring in everything else almost revolves around that. So like Amanda said, it's very different than it used to be. Um, you know, going back 20-something years ago, like when she first started the studio, um, because yes, I've been around the studio that long as well. You know, we used to not do enrolments until January. That was, like I said, literally going back 23, 24 years. Mm. But nowadays, parents' afternoons, logistically, are just chock-a-block. Their yep. afternoons, their weeks. And they weeks. need to plan them. 100%. So we need to make sure that we're there and one of the first things that they're locking in. Absolutely. So today we're talking about designing the perfect timetable. And um, I think it's really important because a good timetable can make or break enrollments. It's a big thing, right? Absolutely. Because we know that the one of the biggest levers we can pull to increase your revenue mm. and therefore your profit is to have our current students that are already fans of what we do, doing more classes. Yeah. We know that that's the easiest way because we don't have to spend any more money on marketing to get them in the door. Mm -hmm. They're already there loving what we do. And if we can push um, a whole bunch of kids from doing one class to two classes a week. And or another bunch five of kids, to six, like exactly, whatever it is. Whatever yeah. it is. But like if you can take a bunch from each place that they're at this year and increase them by one, mm. then you're making loads more money for the exact same amount of expenses. 
Absolutely. And that's the goal, right? And we know that it's not all about money as well. We know that kids that take more classes per week are more engaged in dance. They're probably going to stay at your studio longer because they dance becomes more ingrained and it's, you know, a bigger part of their life. They enjoy the concert more. They're better dancers. You know, the list goes on and on, yeah. right? And it's so important um, to really think about that. We know kids that take more classes love dance more. That's just how it is, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, as kids get older, then sometimes they consolidate their activities. Mm. And, you know, if dance is the thing that they love the most because they're doing more classes and all those things that Amanda's talking about, then it means it's one, yeah, it's it's not the first thing that's on the chopping block when they've got to, you know, get a bit older and they've got to decide between you can't do soccer, Roztag, netball, dancing, all mm. those things. And if dancing's the one they love most, that's the one they stick with. Absolutely. So my goal of a great timetable is always to allow the students to do um, as many classes as they can. And I think that comes down to my biggest tip around good timetabling, which is timetabling for your clients, for your clients, not for your teachers. Now I know that's hard to say. I yep. know that that isn't always as simple as it sounds because yes, we all have the teacher that's like, I can only work Tuesdays and I can only start at 4.30 and you know, they're the teacher that you want and all of that. I totally get it. We've all been in that world, right? And maybe you've got to do it once off one afternoon for one teacher. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it might be that's the only day you can get a good ballet teacher or that's the only day you can get your hip hop teacher. Whatever that is, I yep. get it. Um, we're all a little bit of a slave to that, unfortunately. However, we have to minimise that as much as possible. Without a doubt. The timetable needs to be made around the clients, not around the teachers, because there is absolutely no point having this, uh, these great teachers that you were dying to get in, that awesome ballet teacher that could only work on the Tuesday at 4.30. If the timetable is crap and no one's gonna come in because the classes are too late for that age group, or because they really want to just be able to do a block of their, you know, jazz tap ballet next to each other and they're not going to come an extra day for ballet. Whatever that is for you, yep. right? Um, you know, I think it's really important we design it around our clients. Yeah, and look, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast has also had that, um, the, the scenario where they might have done that in the past and they've um, done the timetable around the awesome ballet teacher or the awesome yep. hip hop teacher. They've locked it in term four everything's going great, they've moved mountains to make sure that they've accommodated the timetable for this teacher, and then they get the the call in January. Oh no, actually, sorry, on contract, can't work anymore. Yep, or in term two, or yep. that we've worked out that teacher wasn't that great. And then the classes don't have anyone in them anyway, and you don't have the teacher. Look, you know, it happens, but we have to not be a slave always to our um, staff. We've got to do what we need to do for our business as much as possible. So really try and focus on making it for the clients. We talk about fans first, you know, making the timetable work for your clients. And with that, you know, you've really got to think about your ideal client, right? Yep. And what does their afternoon look like? Absolutely. What does their afternoon look like? What time does the school finish? What time does that mean that they can get there? You know, how many classes would you like them to do? If you would like them to, you know, if for example, your average is, uh, class per student currently is two and your goal is to get it to three, 
yep. or closer to three for the new year, uh, well then what you should be doing is putting three classes in a row right next to each other. Yep. You know, that is the easiest way to get them to be taking more classes, to put their jazz tap ballet or whatever those three classes are right next to each other at the perfect time for them in one afternoon so they can get all those activities done in one afternoon. And yes, that might make it hard with teachers, but you've got to try and like juggle that as much as possible. Yeah, parents like convenience. Absolutely. Right? So um, like, like I said before, um, afternoons for parents are logistical nightmares. And it's often not just the one child that they've got. Mm. Their one child loves dancing, but then maybe there's two siblings. And for the siblings, karate is what they do or yeah. um, music's what they what the other child does. And so in an afternoon, they're trying to get three children to three different activities, mm. sometimes across suburbs, across towns, across cities, mm. whatever that may be. And whilst we can sit here and like, you know, from a, from a love of dance perspective and thinking that, oh, yes, they're doing the, the ballet because they really love um, the art form of ballet. To be honest, guys, sometimes with the parents, it's the fact, well, hang on, I can drop little Susie off at 3.45 and not have to pick her up to 5.15. That means that I can get across to karate and then I can get next door to the music. That's how parents think about it. Yep. They think about how their afternoon looks and if they can have um, their daughter or son doing something that they love that keeps them fit for a bit over two hours, sold. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And so I think that's really, you know, thinking about your ideal client and what their afternoons might look like. You know, I know we had a... Um, question on uh, I think it was the Dance Principles United Facebook group the free group there about you know uh, preschool classes in the afternoon for example yeah. and you know it's one of those things like uh, it depends on what you know your ideal clients afternoons like you know for some studio owners and I know we work with some studio owners who have uh, you know not far out of the city um, in Sydney, you know, they know that a lot of their parents commute into the city for work. Two working parents. Two working parents, children in daycare. Uh, so they know that afternoon classes, actually quite late afternoon classes, what I would consider in my area to be way too late for preschool classes yep. uh, because of my demographic. Um, but they say they absolutely go off for them. So, you know, it's about thinking about your ideal client and what works for them. Exactly. And look, it's always going to be a balance. Like, um, I think we, we had like maybe one preschool class, for example, at, at DS um, of an afternoon. And to be honest, that one was chock-a-block mm. with those parents that Manda was just um, talking about. But then, you know, to put them on, there is a bit of a trade-off because we know it's the only time of an afternoon that you can put on a kindergarten class or a yes. year one and two class and things like that. Um, so there's always that trade-off, right, between uh, and finding that balance. But, you know, if you can, if you've put one of those classes in that fills up, then maybe you know later on in the year or after after sometime in term three you can see that a year one class isn't quite full, or it's only got two or three kids in it. Then maybe you cut that class and put another preschool class on mm. in that afternoon time slot for the second half of the year because the first one's so full. Sometimes you can play around with things a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that is our biggest tip: is making sure you're doing it for the clients, not the teachers. The other thing we wanted to talk about is, you know, when you're timetabling, making sure that you're doing the perfect number of classes yes. and adding the perfect number of classes into your uh, timetable so that it is um, as profitable as it can be. Mm -hmm. So we're not running, for example, you know, two different uh, like, you know, grade one jazzes or something and they're both 
small where we could have just run one, one instead for example so you know for us uh nathan developed um, a great little calculator because i'm a numbers nerd that loves to do those sorts of <laughs> he's things he's my numbers nerd um and we would always you know obviously it's still a guess exactly it's a you, projection and anything yeah anything like this any time we do a projection or it is it is our best guess right it's our best estimate mm. um it, it isn't probably ever going to be perfect but it's as good as we've got. Absolutely. So we would use the calculator uh, to project. That's a better word than project. guess. Yeah, exactly. And look, we, <laughs> how we do it is we'd look at the classes we've got this year. So mm. for example, if you're running year three and four hip hop, yep. we would look how many year three and four hip hop classes do we run this year? And how many students do we have across, it, those. across those classes? Mm. So let's say, yeah, we might have three year, year three and four hip hop classes on the timetable. And there might be... 60 students across those classes. Mm. We always had a cap of 25 on our older kids' classes. So that means that like 60 out of 75, I'm not going to lie, I can't do that percentage at this, at this time, but um, that means that those classes were pretty full. And look, maybe 60 out of 75 is, is a pretty spot on number. Mm. Um, so then we have to think, look, I don't think we need to cut a class because if we went back to two, what, 50 students, 50 class placements for 60 students doesn't work. Yeah, you have to say no to people. Yeah, Exactly. So we're thinking three is probably a pretty good number or do we want to like go out on a limb and we are we going to push it even harder next year and put on that fourth class? Mm. It's one of those, like that, that would be the decisions and how we get to making those sorts of decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to explain it. So really looking at, you know, what your projections are and how many classes you feel you should run per week and I always do that first so before I start timetabling I would always go okay here's what I'm going to run I'm going to run two grade one ballet classes I'm going to run three you know eight to nine year old hip hops I'm going to run you know and sort of like lay out exactly how many classes I want to run per week first mm -hmm. and then slot them into the timetable I think that's probably a good way to explain it yeah absolutely mm. and um, look lots of people always ask especially given that I love a good software solution um, I'd love to be able to automate things. And, you know, when we would do our timetable, don't get me wrong, I looked high and low, tested a million, like, different computer programs to try and timetable and things like this, and we still always went back to Post-it notes. Yeah, I love a good Post-it note. Yep. Color-coded Post-it notes. Yep. Works so well for me. Um, it, I, th I felt like it was the only way to do it. Beck does the same. Um, and I think that that's a great thing. Um, if you have a great solution, wonderful. And I think some people do it on, like, I know a lot of people do it on spreadsheets. Yep. That didn't work for me because I just like to be able to see pick it, move, pick it up and move it just much quicker than that. Um, but each to their own. So I'd write out all the post-its I wanted out first and then lay them out, I guess, um, in the perfect way. So, you know, we've talked about um, our first couple of tips, which was clients first. not first, teachers second. Um, in terms of designing it, you know, really knowing how many classes you want to run. My next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, for the, you know, best timetable you can to maximize enrollments is really making sure it's idiot proof. Yep. Basically the word I want to yep. use. Um, I could say dad proof. I, I could say, say yeah. <laughs> we could say all the things, but making sure it's easy to understand because the big thing is is that when people are confused they just don't do it yeah people take the past path of least resistance absolutely and if you if your timetable requires them to do some form of mental gymnastics and look in loads of different places to see the different classes that their eight-year-old will do mm. then 
they're probably not going to choose multiple classes. Yeah. Or if they don't know what something means. Yes. I think that's a big thing as well. If they don't understand what something means, they'll be like, hmm, I don't know what that is, so we're not enrolling mm. in that. So a good example of that is Bronze Star Tap. Yep. What the hell is Bronze Star Tap? You know? Or what the hell is Grade 3 Ballet? Yeah. Like, My daughter's in Year 2 or Year 4, so there's no way that she could possibly do that. Yeah, Grade 3 Ballet? Well, no, she's in Year th 2 at school, so she's not in Grade 3 Ballet. Do you know what I mean? Or is that for three-year-olds, or does that mean you've been doing ballet for three years? Or is that, like, do you know what I mean? And, and I know lots of people listening to this are going to say, oh, duh, like, Grade 3 Ballet, like, if you're an RID teacher, of course you're going to say, well, Grade 3, everybody knows that. But no, they don't. Mm. Not everybody looking at our timetable, actually, sorry, the majority of people looking at our timetable have absolutely no idea what that means. Yeah, absolutely. And forget sometimes as well, to be honest. Like even for me, I was chatting to Beck the other day. I obviously know the RAD syllabus. You know, we do it, we're an RAD studio. I know it well. Uh, I have three daughters. Beck asked me what grade uh, did Zali do this year? I'm like, hmm, it's the one with the Padajas but I don't quite remember. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, yep. because you forget and it's easy to forget. So if I'm forgetting things like that, I guarantee you parents are. So what you should do is making sure it's something that's easy to understand. You know, instead of bronze star tap, and I don't know even if what syllabus that is or how that even works, but I'm just throwing out examples, yep. is, you know, a tap for a child that's 13 or 14 years old is a much easier way to understand it. Or tap for 13 and 14 year olds that have done a minimum of three years. You know, something along those lines is a much easier way to understand it. Um, you know, and something that's, you know, that the dad goes, I know what that is, right? Yes. And, and I, sorry, and here help, you go. It just helps any potential client when they're yeah, looking at your especially website. Especially new parents as well. Exactly. When they're looking at your website and it's just an easy way for them to get in contact with you and to say, hey, I'd love to um, enroll in the 8 and 9 jazz. Mm. And then you can be like, oh, fantastic, not a problem at all. Enroll in the 8 and 9 jazz. There's actually a ballet class after that as well that so mm. many of the kids do. Did you want to try that in your free trial week as well? That'd be mm. fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So really making sure it's easy to understand. And the way I like to do this is give it to someone who has no idea about dance. Give it to a friend, a partner. Somebody without kids as well. Someone without kids and go, okay, so if you had a seven-year-old daughter that wanted to do dance, what would they do? You know, and really making sure, do you understand this? Do you know how you would enroll them and how to do it? I think that's a really good test to do, right? And be able to see it. Um, so really think about that, you know, and also like as, so the, the names of classes is important to make sure, um, you know, it's idiot proof. My other, just other thought that I just had because I was talking about this in Studio Growth Club the other day is, um, you know, I made a mistake one year. I actually showed it on um, a timetable that we did a few years ago and Instead of writing musical theatre on my timetable, I wrote MT. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> and, you know, it was a couple of years ago and I just... Look, because that's just, how we scribbled it out on the post-it notes. And that and was how it on, came yeah. on, the, on the website and, um, you know, how it was printed out that we gave to people. And our musical theatre enrolments for that age group dropped significantly that year. Couldn't work out why. I was thinking, oh, you know, that teacher, 
Maybe it wasn't the right teacher for the class. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Mm. I think in reflection now, it has to do with the fact that I called it MT because yep. people didn't know what it was. And so therefore they didn't enroll. They just mm. went, oh, I know what jazz is. I know what hip hop is. MT, oh, Mount, I don't know mountain? that. Mountain class. I'm Obviously a handful of people that were really dedicated and keen, but you know, that was never a huge stream in our studio, yep. but that made it drop off even more. So I think that's really important to really think about you know, do people understand what the class is called? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, making sure it's idiot proof. And with that, you know, the importance of presentation of a timetable. I think that's really, really important yeah. because uh, people get, you know, Nathan talked about the path of least resistance. Yes. If your timetable is this huge, big, hard to read document that you open on a phone and you've got to like scroll, you know, really what's the word, magnified it. I'm doing yeah. it with my hands and yeah, you guys obviously can see cannot yeah, see no. that. Um, you know, it's really confusing. It's hard to read. You know, they don't really understand what they're doing. They can't see the simple flow. You know, we talked about the goal being uh, people to take multiple classes in a mm -hmm. row. Yep. And if your timetable, like, do you know what I mean? Because obviously they change studios. Once again, I'm using my hands, which does <laughs> not help. Um, but if they are doing things like it's very confusing and it doesn't flow properly, like, you know, one's in studio one, one one's column, in. one's in studio two column, one's... Look, I, yeah, I think what you're trying to explain is, mm. and don't get us wrong, we still have the big dirty Excel spreadsheet. The big huge Excel spreadsheet. The big huge Excel spreadsheet because um, at DS we had six studios running at any yeah. one time. Um, and for the staff and for our purposes, we would have the big spreadsheet that had studio one, two, three, four, five, six, all the times, color-coded for like each age group. And yeah. so like we could see the flow of, you know, like what a year one student could do on an afternoon at the first time yes. slot, the second time slot, the third time slot. But trying like to that. give that to a parent, oh my God, that's yeah. just so overwhelming. There is no they way do. they'd be able to follow it. Yeah. It's, it was just way too hard and like overwhelming is the, um, the jam jar test that we always talk about is that um, yeah, famous experiment that when people were presented too many options, they didn't even purchase. When, I think it was when they were presented 27 options, people would never purchase. Of jam we're talking about, of just jam, to be yeah. super clear. <laughs> because, yeah, but basically too many options makes people not buy. Yes. When they had fewer options, then people would purchase. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, cutting out the noise. So really making sure when you present your timetables, whether that's on a website, uh, you know, or um, an actual physical, you know, printed timetable time table that you give people, that it's really clear that what they can do, it's well designed. It doesn't look like a big dirty Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, graphic it, design wins. Graphic design matters all the time and seeing the easy flow and how you group classes together makes sense for people. For us, we like to do it, uh, you know, there was a different timetable for each age group. That worked for us. It might be a different way yep. for you. And look, that's what we've seen because we've shared this um, with tribe members and studio yeah. club members and we've loved seeing how many um, studios are now converting to presenting it in that same format, right? Mm. And them saying what a massive difference it's made. Um, to their parents being able to choose and upsell those classes to them. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so many different ways that you can do it, but just making sure it's super easy for the parents. They don't get yep. ever overwhelmed. My big thing is you do the hard work so they don't have to. Exactly. So I think that's a really uh, great note to kind of leave it on. You know, really think about how can you make it easier on the parent, whether that's the way uh, the afternoon and what their classes look like, you know, them being able to choose as many classes as they can in a, in a row, uh, seeing the timetable, you know, set out really easily with just their options and not being overwhelmed and making sure that the way the classes are named works for them. 
all about making it easy for the parent. So, it, you know, I think that's the absolute key to it, right? Yep, without a doubt. Mm. Hopefully you guys have got some great tips out of this podcast. We have loved chatting all things timetable with you. Um, if you have anything you'd like to add, join the discussion, drop us a DM, um, and we would love to chat about it. But while we have you, we do just want to ask you one small favor. If you don't already, please press the follow button on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps us more than you can ever know. It would mean the world to us if you would take two seconds and just press that follow button. Woohoo! I'm glad you remember that. I always ask Amanda, and like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, she often forgets, but I'm so excited. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. Chat to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. If you were listening to that podcast and you thought, ooh, that calculator where we could project how many of each style and age group that we need in our studio is something that you would like to get your hands on to make sure either getting your 2024 timetable ready or checking that what you've got so far is good to go, then please drop us a DM on Instagram and we can send you through some more info. 